on Sunday and you guys change all this junk on me. Look at this. My goodness. I'd like to welcome you to our service and I'd like to invite you to pull out that connection card which is in your pew. We're not giving the connection card within the bulletin. As you can see, it's just one page, but we have put the connection cards in, in front of you in the pews. So if you can get a connection card and if, if, if you would give us some information, especially if this is your first, second time, we'd really appreciate getting to know you a little bit. And uh, if everyone could, could fill one out and give us as much information as you like. And in the back, there are ways you can ask us any questions, if there's any way we can be of service to you. And then after you're done, just leave it on the pew, and we'll collect them after the service. You know, as you're doing that, I just want to make some announcements here. We have This is a really neat little bulletin. Uh, on the back, you'll notice we do have announcements as usual. One thing that isn't on here that I want to bring to your attention is we're going to have um, the West Coast Showcase Saturday, June 24th. Now, for those of you who may not know what that is, that's an opportunity for the family here in the West Covina Church for us to, to just kind of share with one another our talents, our gifts, our heart, the things we like. Yeah, if you're a wonderful baker, just bake a cake and bring it in the foyer and we'll all have a taste of it. You know, if you, if you love tap dancing, come on up here. We'll put you on the table here. You can tap dance. You know, it's kind of like a, I hate to say a talent night, but in kind of ways it is. And uh, the audition for the West Coast Showcase is next Sunday. So a week from today would be audition day. And we do, have, we do ask that if you're going to be a part of the West Coast Showcase, that you do go through the audition. And so that's something that will be a week from today after service. So please keep that in mind. That's not in your bulletin. So that's, I think that's, what is today? Today's the 4th, that'd be June 11th. June 11th after service would be the audition. And you do see on the, on the right side of your bulletin um, other announcements. Uh, single adult dinner tonight, New Horizons, the Women's Twilight Trail Walk coming up next Saturday, beach camp. Oh, we haven't done the, gone to the beach in two years. So it's hard to get these reservations, but we got one this year. So there's a family beach camp in San Clemente. Please, please consider that. That is such a fun thing. And uh, you can see other things, ballroom dancing, so you can read that at your leisure. Hope you're having a good summer. A couple of Sundays ago, I wasn't feeling good at all. It's one of those 24-hour things. But, um, praise God, I feel a lot better. If you have your Bible, I invite you to open up to the, the, the Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, book of Ephesians, and I'm going to read out of chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 17 and 19. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality 
so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Let's pray. Father, as we continue in this letter of, by Paul to the church in Ephesus, we know that the message is a universal one is to all your churches throughout all the ages. And so, Father, we, we count on your spirit to teach us your lesson of the day. Not a lesson for all, that, that, just, that speaks to all of us, but we know that each one of us is different. And each one of us is in a different place in understanding who you are. So, Father, speak to us as your children, individually, according to what we need. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been in the church a while or you know a little bit about church history, you may know who Hudson Taylor is. Hudson Taylor was one of the very early missionaries to China. And what made him different than a lot of the missionaries that went from, let's say, Europe or the United States to China to share about Jesus Christ is that Hudson Taylor was really the first missionary to actually attempt, he dressed and he, he, he groomed himself to appear like the Chinese people he was trying to share Jesus with. And Hudson Taylor, when you look back at his ministry, which was so different than all the other missionaries at that time, he was powerfully used by God in China to communicate the gospel or communicate about Jesus Christ to the Chinese people in that day. I share this with you because it brought to my mind that when I, I, when I was in Brazil working as a missionary, my first ministry was to an extremely poor area. And I remember there was, either consciously or subconsciously, I started to kind of dress down. Now, you may look at me every Sunday and say, you're always dressing down. But, but I actually was kind of doing things according to my environment of the people. I was kind of dressing down. I, I rarely, I tried not to drive my car. And I, my lifestyle started to kind of show hints of, of, of resembling some of the people that I worked with. And I remember one, one day, one of the ladies in my church, uh, just a very warm, nice Brazilian woman, she came to me privately and she said to me, stop trying to live like us. Do you think if we had your money, we would live this way? So she said, be who you are. And that was such a, a kind of a liberating thing in some ways. I didn't realize it at the time. And basically that's what Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and that's what we're going to be studying today in the text that we're going to go over. Um, Basically, in chapter 4, in these verses, Paul is saying, Christian, live like a Christian. That's basically what he's saying. Now, I hope that's a challenge to you, because if you say you are a Christian, are you living like one? Is there a difference between you and the person who doesn't know Jesus Christ? Not so much in God's eyes, but when people see you. Are you different? And that's what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus. Christian, live like a Christian. So in our short time today, we have, we have the Lord's Supper today, we're just going to look at a few of the exhortations of Paul as he challenged the church to be the church that God wants them to be, for the believers to live what they believe. Be they Jew or Gentile, number one, first, be a Christian. 
we have a mixture of ethnicities here, a lot of different backgrounds here. You can probably give me a lot of reasons why you do what you do, but the Bible is basically saying, hey, if you are a Christian, live like a Christian. I don't care where you're from. I don't care your background. You put in the effort to live like a Christian. That's the challenge of Paul. So let's get into this. Let's go back to our text, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to look at where Paul is talking about they are different. Well, who's he talking about? He's basically talking about the world, the world that does not know Jesus Christ. Look at verse 17. Paul wrote, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Now, when Paul says Gentiles, basically he's saying those who don't know God. He's not just saying the non-Jewish people. He's saying, hey, the people who don't know God. Don't live like them. Remember, the, the church in Ephesus, they were, they were Jews and they were Gentiles in this church. So what is Paul saying here? Basically, Paul is drawing a big, broad line, separating those who know Jesus Christ and are saved through faith in him and those who are not. You know, it's not really politically correct. It's like my kids. If my kids were here, they say, oh, Paul sounds like a hater. No, he's not a hater. But he's trying to make sure that, or, or make it clear that the Ephesians who are saved understand that because you do know Jesus, because you now are a child of God, because now you are regenerated and you're saved by your faith in Christ who died on the cross for you, you are different. You're no longer like you used to be. You're no longer like the rest of the world that, 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 that have no idea who Jesus is. Matter of fact, Paul is saying, hey, you're special. You are special in God's eyes. In some ways you can say, are you telling us that Christians are better? Yes! If you don't like it, take it up with God. But that's basically what Paul is saying. Don't live down to the life you used to live. Live the life that you now have. That is the message to the church, to that church in Ephesus, and to all believers through the generations. It may sound harsh. It may sound judgmental. It may sound condemning. But realistically, it has nothing to do with the Christian. It has everything to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with what Jesus did when he died on the cross for us. He didn't do anything. You didn't deserve it. That's why our song this morning says it's all about grace, right? Your grace is enough. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is everything. And what is grace? Grace is basically saying that God gave us something we don't deserve. He was gracious to us. And because of that graciousness of God, we are special. We're privileged. We're special. We're separated from the rest of the world. We have this wonderful righteousness of, of Jesus that the Bible talks about. We have this righteousness of Jesus in us through our faith, which means that when God sees us, God says, hey, man, you are now one of mine. You are part of my family. You are different. I am pulling you away, and the rest of the world's out there, and you're with me. That's sanctification. Now that separation from the rest of the world that does not know Jesus Christ. You are special. Paul wants to 
hammer that away. Think about it, people. If the world were to explode before this service ends, you would be in the presence of God and everyone else would not. See, that's a scary thing, especially when you think of people you know and love that don't know Christ, don't have that faith in him. See, God has drawn this line in the sand. He's drawn this line in the sand, and he's saying, hey, you know what? Get on my side. Get on my side, and you do that by believing in my son, Jesus. Look at verse 18. He's going to talk about why haven't people all gotten on God's side? Look at verse 18. He says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Wow. Now remember, anytime we talk about how the, how, how the world is that doesn't know Christ, we were all once there. It's nothing to be proud of that you're now on the side, on the, on the side of the line that God has drawn. It's all his grace. So, but, but Paul is trying to help the church understand this is how all the world this is the world situation, and we have to pray about it and the understanding of it. The number one thing, look in here. Look at when we see verse 18 here. It says, they are darkened in their understanding. In other words, they're darkened minds. The darkened minds of those who don't know Christ, that's part of the difference between us and them, between the Christian and the non-Christian. He's saying that, that the world doesn't understand the purpose the purpose that God has for them. The world doesn't under acknowledge God as their creator. See, Paul is basically saying that God gave you a brain. Why? He gave you a brain for you to understand his revelation, his truth. He didn't give it to you to figure out your taxes or to bet on who's going to win between the Cavs and the Warriors. He gave it to you to to, to see and understand his revelation, his truth. You know, when you think about it, I thought about this when I was putting this together. I thought about it and said, boy, you know, there's so much. There isn't anything that I can think of that the Bible talks about that wasn't a new thing to me. Everything was a revelation. Everything from who I am without Christ to who I am with Christ to how I become a child of God, to what it even means to be a child of God. All these things are a revelation. And Paul is saying, you know what? God gave you a mind so you can receive that revelation. And so those who don't receive it have this darkened mind, this mind that just doesn't want to see it, chooses not to see it, or they don't see it for whatever reason. The world is darkened. Another thing that separates those outside of the body of Christ or the family of God is their separation. Paul talks about it here in 18. He says, what? And separated from the life of God. Separation means that they are alienated. They're alienated. In other words, that, that, that they're cut off. They're cut off from the life that God intends for them. Now, I hope that gives you, that's an encouraging thing to you that the life that God intends for his children is quite different than the life of the world. And it's, 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 
far beyond anything that we can imagine. And it is dealing with understanding his truth and to try to live it. That's the life that he has for us. And, and the world basically is cut off from understanding that life and what God's plan is for them. Now, you ask yourself, if that's true, if God has this wonderful life for us, why would anyone not choose it? Well, it goes on. He, Paul, Paul mentions their hardened hearts due to the hardening of their hearts. A hardened heart is an insensitive heart. Okay, you guys, throw a steak on the barbecue today. Okay, throw a steak on the grill. You put it on there too long, what happens? It's hard, man. It's really hard. And can you imagine, when we talk about a spiritually hard heart, it's a heart that the things of God just cannot penetrate. It just can't penetrate. That person is untouched by God's truth, untouched by, by God's love. The whole idea that Jesus Christ died for you, so what? I don't believe that. That's that, that, that heart that just can't receive that. And that heart gets hard from different reasons, right? Life is tough. Sometimes a heart is hard because of the things that the person had to deal with in life. And instead of reaching out to God, they just pull in and say, okay, this is how life is, and I'm going to just get tougher. Okay? And, and, and there's so many reasons, but God could break through that. And this is one of the reasons why Paul is explaining this to us. Because if there's someone in your family, someone, in, someone that you care for, who doesn't know Christ, and you want them to, and I hope you do, you know how to pray for them. You want their heart to be tenderized. You want their heart to be open. Paul said, because of this hardened heart, they surrender. Paul goes on to say, because of the hardened heart, they have given themselves over, what? To the ways of the world. Now, what's that mean? Well, you know that. You guys know how it is. You know people who are just going full blast into into the way society is saying you should be this, you should be doing that. This is the only way you have a good life. This is a fun thing, man. Go out and just, 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 just enjoy it to the, to the max. You know, you're just going full blast in the, into what the world is saying. And Paul, think about it. It sounds like Paul is talking about the 21st century, but he isn't. He's saying that people just throw themselves into the way of the world. And we see that too. It's here. It's a tough thing, especially people we care about. So, what can be done about all this? Look at verse 21 and 22. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Let's stop right there. You notice he uses that word taught twice. Two verses, he hits it hard. How do you, how, why are you different? Because you've been taught. Well, how are you taught? Think about your schooling days. Think about your time when you had to go to school and you hated going to class. You had to learn things at home. You had to do chores. You had to do all these different things. Why did you do it? Because you had to submit. And submission has to do with humility. Paul said you heard, meaning that they 
not only heard, but they believed that, that, that hearing. Paul is, is communicating, you, you, you believe that, that that faith comes from hearing and hearing what? The word of God. You, something penetrated into you. Why? Why did it work with you and not some people you know? Part of it has to do with humility, big time. And we see that the pattern of following God starts when we look at Jesus. Because right there, in, right here in, 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 the, in Paul's letter to Philippi, in Philippians 2.8, he says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. What's he saying? He's saying that Jesus Christ, even though he was, had, had all the, everything of God the Father, he humbled himself. He said, okay, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to take that, I'm going to get nailed to that cross. And it was a step, it was an attitude of humility. And that's really one of the keys. You're here because there's a certain part of you that has a that has been touched by God because of your humility to say, yes, I think there may be someone better than me, God. I think there may be a way of living life that might be a little better than how I'm living life, God. I think there might be something that, that's beyond what I've learned in all my years of schooling and all my life experience, God. That's, what's, that's, what's, that, that's what brought you here. See, it's humility that, that creates that crack in the door of our mind, that crack in the door of our heart to allow, to allow that truth, to allow that revelation to become real in our life. You can harden your heart all, all you want, and, and, and nothing gets through, but it's that humility that opens that door enough for some of that revelation from God to enter, and the door just gets wider and wider. See, the thing is, and this is the hard thing, this is how you can pray. You want to pray for your loved ones to have humility, to somehow, some way, say, I need God. Because if they don't, there's always going to be that big, broad line separating them from God. Let's go on. Look at verse 23, 24. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to be put and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. One of the keys I just want to point out here. To be made new in the attitude of your mind. Can you guys think about how you used to see things before you became a Christian? I looked at things completely different. My perspective on life and the world and right and wrong and, 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 the, and how I should conduct my life is so different now than before I knew Jesus Christ. And I hope you can say that to some degree too, varying degrees, because that newness is the key thing of the Christian life. You are a new creation. You are a, a, a child of God where before you are enemy of God. Paul is trying to create that understanding. You are different. 
to live it. And he goes on in 24, and to put on the new self created to be like God. That's it. I could just, we can close church right now. That's the bottom line right there. Is that Jesus Christ died on the cross so you can have forgiveness of sins and have this personal relationship with God. Why? So you can be like God. You can be like Jesus. You can be more loving. You can be more forgiving. Can you imagine? Think of how whatever you know about Jesus from the Bible, no matter what all the stereotypes are about Jesus and how he was, how different would the world be if everyone wanted to be like him? If everyone chose to try to live their life like him? How different would this world be? Driving on the freeway would be different. Right? Yeah? Things like drugs and pornography and war. Kiss them goodbye. See, these are things that make that difference. And Paul is challenging the church in Ephesus. Brother, sister, live it. Because when you do, you are that light in the world. You are that different person in the world. You're that new creation. You're that child of God in a very dark world. God will honor you for it. God has placed you on a different path than everyone else. And Paul is simply saying, walk it. Walk that path. Okay, we'll stop there. Let's pray. Father, as we go forward and we just, um, what a challenge. I mean, let's think about it, Lord. Uh, you know what we're doing. You know each person here you know what they did before coming here to this service. You know what they're going to do after this service is over. Does it align with what you want us to do? Father, I pray that you will just help us this message to be really a part of our life, that it be a challenge, but also an invitation to live the life that you created us to live in Christ. May we not go home without it. May this message go out the door with us. In Jesus' name, amen.